Thank you for listening to the Calvary Chapel Lubbock podcast with our senior pastor, Ben Martinez. Don't forget to check out our website at calvarychapellubbock.church. There you'll find a lot more about our mission to love God, love people, and live radically. Now here's Pastor Ben. Guys, I firmly believe and I'm firmly convinced that the greatest revival in world history is about to take place. You go, whoa, 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 that's a, that's a bold statement. No, well, let me just say this. I believe the greatest revival in world history that is close to coming about is going to happen after the rapture of the church. The rapture of the church, yeah, see, that's a foreign concept to a lot of people, the rapture of the church. We know we find it, right, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. We know it says that the, the Lord is going to come from heaven with a shout. He know that he's going to have the voice of an archangel. We're ready for that, guys. He says he's going to come. The trumpet of God will sound. And then he uses the word harpazo, which means we're caught up to meet the Lord in the air. He, he teaches us in the word. He says, we're going to meet that. It's going to go. We're going to be in a place, and, and he's going to take the church to heaven. And then Paul says, listen, comfort one another with these words. So we know it's a, it's a passage of comforting, but what I really like is you and I are going to be celebrating in heaven on a, a, a basically a heavenly honeymoon for seven years. That's where we're going to be. If you've given your life to Jesus Christ, if you've opened up your heart, if you've placed your faith in him, that's where you're going to be. That's where you're going to be. That's the rapture. But to those that are left on the earth, I knew it started out good, Pastor Ben, and now it's just just a bummer. No, no, no. Those on pastors, those that are left here, guys, those who are not caught up because they didn't have a personal relationship with Jesus or they didn't put their faith in Jesus, they're going to go through seven-year hellish nightmare known as the tribulation. Now, if you're taking note, jot this down. The first three and a half years is going to be known as the tribulation. There's going to be all kinds of stuff. We study that. The last three and a half years, guys, is known as the great tribulation. It's going to get even more intensified. Okay, so we have this tribulation period. Now, listen to me. I know there are people out there that says, no, 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 no. The church isn't going to go. The church, there's no thing as a rapture. There's no such thing as hell. There's not going to be. And then, and there's even some that teach, Alex, that the church is going to go through the tribulation. But, but after reading, guys, so far, I know that God can protect us if he wanted us to go through the tribulation, but it's so brutal. Four billion People across the world are dead. Wow. I told you my mind can't comprehend that because I start thinking, how do we bury 4 billion people? What's the world going to look like? We have no ocean. Okay, the sea life. The, the fresh water is gone. The, the one, a quarter of the world is burned up. Okay, so you got smoke. I mean, you, you understand. It's not like, oh, well, they just died. It's, it's awful. It's awful. The tribulation period, guys, is the focal point of Revelation starting from chapter 6 all the way to chapter 19. And what God does, he gives us details of his wrath 
poured on a Christ-rejecting world. A period that Jesus said, if those days had not been shortened, no one would survive. That's what he's talking about right here. But even in a time where God's wrath is being poured out, guys, there's still going to be, he's still going to have mercy on people and will give them an opportunity to be saved. Guys, think about this, right? I think people are going to come to know the Lord in the masses, starting right after the rapture. You go, how so? Well, think about this, right? You might have somebody that you've been witnessing to, you've been sharing, and they think you're cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs, okay? They think, really? You're the, okay, you're just radical saved. You're just radical Christian. Come on, why don't you just hang? And, and you're really fired up about the Lord. It's in your heart. And you've been sharing, and all of a sudden, one day, you're just minding your own business. You hear the trumpet sound, you hear it in your spirit, and you're gone. That person right there is going to look for you, is going to call you, going to text you, going to figure out what's going on, realize you're not here, and the Holy Spirit of God is going to go, hey, they're not here anymore. What they were telling you is the truth. Oh. And then they're going to have to give their lives to the Lord. They'll say, oh, man. Oh, man. She was right. Now, we need to be careful. Because when you think about this for just a second, when you think about uh, this, there are people who are going to call the church immediately. And let me just say this to you. There will be some times when the pastor answers the phone. What? Uh because they didn't really believe in their heart. But to the majority, and we're gone. Guys, these people are going to get saved. Everyone that we've shared the word of God with, guys who didn't believe, whom we have warned about this time that's coming, hey, you got to get ready. you got to be ready. Think, of, think about the people who you've shared with that think you're crazy. They literally think you're crazy. Or they think, you know what, I get a lot. I have plenty of time. I have plenty of time. Guys, listen. Ever since this pandemic started, ever since then, I've seen the prophetic time clock move faster than ever before. And I've seen it. And I try sharing with some people. And as a matter of fact, there's there's something that the Lord is stirring in my heart right now. I didn't have time to put it together today, but it's gotta be, it's gotta be for the church. And it's gotta be for the church to where I cannot do live stream and we can't even podcast it. It's going to be something where the church really needs to come and it needs to hear what's happening. It's that close. Pastor Ben, you're like, but, but think about this, guys. There's so many people that feel like you have plenty of time. But when the rapture happens, they're going to be saved. Now, think about this. Think about this. The rapture happens, right? What are they going to do? We're going to see them raid the bookstores, aren't they? I got to find every book. What is it? What's going on? What's happening? What could this be? How do we explain it? Every revelation CD or podcast is going to be exploded. All the left behind books, end time movies. What's going on? 
And I believe that people will get saved in the masses. I believe that. I guess my question is, why not now? Why not today? Why would people want to wait till something very tragic, very ugly, and very evil to get saved? But we know what's going to happen. How do we know what's going to happen, Becky? Here's why. Listen. Because God, in his word, guys, is going to go to great lengths during this time to give people an opportunity to be saved. He's going to go, he's going to go to great lengths. And you go, how so? How? I mean, well, think about it, right? Not only will it be our witness, our witness. Now, you guys remember what I said. When you come to Revelation on Wednesday night, I want you to take notes, not so much for you, but who's going to come after you. You'll say, oh, wow, look what she wrote down. This is, okay. So our witness, guys, our witness is, but, but God is going to raise up, check this out, he's going to raise up special forces, right? 144,000 Jewish evangelists going out there, right in the midst of the tribulation. Then we learn that there's going to be these two guys, these two witnesses. We're not sure who they are, but we know that they're going to preach there in Jerusalem, right? And they're going to be so mad that they're going to be killed and their bodies are going to lay there in three days. We're going to see it, not us, but because of, because of, you can see this on the internet in live, you're going to see that for three days. And you know what it says? It says that people are going to party for three days because these two witnesses are dead. And send gifts to one another. It's not Christmas, but it's like Christmas because the two witnesses are dead, right? And, and this is the mindset of the world. This is the mindset of the world. We don't want to be preached at. Because really what it is, is you're going to get a world that's rejected God. Rejected God. Right now, Mike Shaw, you and I and everyone is the church, the church, the Holy Spirit living in us, the one that, 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 that seeks others to do better than ourselves, to, to lift people up, to encourage people. But when we're gone, what's left? See, but God, in his mercy, in his love, he doesn't stop at the 144,000 or the two witnesses, guys. He desires so great to see people saved, to turn to him. He does something that he has never done before. You go, what's that? He sends a special angel to fly through the air to preach the gospel. That's incredible. Why? Because you and I, we've always said, when it comes to the will of God in our lives, we often look up and go, God, if you'll just write it in the sky, then I'll know. Or Lord, you're so amazing. If you just wrote the gospel in the air, people would believe. But today he's decided to employ the church to spread the gospel. He's going to fill you with his spirit and then send you out there and you're going to share his good news. Rosa, that's what he's going to do. See, right now, but here, he says, okay, I've got a, I've got a change of plan. How so? Well, remember, he's going to put 144,000 ground troops. There they are. But towards the end of the tribulation, guys, he's going to send in his air force. You go, what do you mean? This angel is going to fly through the heavens with a special message. Now, I don't want to be left behind. Can I get an amen? But I sure would like to see that. 
I share with, I, I don't know if we're going to get a, a view from heaven at the marriage. There's the angel. Check it out. Wow. I think that'd be so cool. Alex, why doesn't God do that now? Many people would, because he says, no, 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 I want to use you. Because in reality, there's a lot of people who can argue with the word, but they can't argue with your testimony. They can't argue. What do you mean, where did you come from? You don't know where I came from, but look what God has done. Well, I can argue with that. No, you can't, because it's the truth. You see, it's so important. It's so important. Now, remember where we left off, guys, last week. Okay. Last week we had our remote and it was our fast forward button. Okay. We fast forward and we saw Jesus, man, just what? In victory with the 144,000 at the end of tribulation. Okay. We saw that and we were able to take the same approach. We need to now take our, our remotes and let's rewind. We need to go back. Where are we going? We're going to go right back to the place where we were. Oh, we're right in the middle of the tribulation. Okay, so we're in the middle of the tribulation, and what God is going to do, keep in mind, there's a parenthesis, there's this warning before he goes on, and it's right here, and he says, I'm going to give you three final warnings, right here, three final warnings, this is it, this is it. Now, in baseball, you get what? Three strikes, and you're out. Well, if you look at the text, I've entitled this message, Three Strikes, and You're Out. Now... That's where we begin our study tonight, chapter 14, verse 6. If you're taking notes, this is strike one. He's going to say, this is it, okay? This is the announcements of the tribulation. Go with me, Revelation 14, verse 6. Then I saw another angel flying in the midst of heaven, having an everlasting gospel to preach to those who dwell on the earth, to every nation, tribe, tongue, and people. Saying with a loud voice, fear God and give glory to him for the hour of his judgment has come and worship him who have made heaven and earth, the sea and the springs of water. Now, your attention, please. This is just two verses, but it is so packed. Remember that the angels are active. Okay. Whenever we talk about angels, guys, there are ministering spirits helping us and working in the end times to carry out God's plan. That's angels. But here we see them, what? They're delivering messages from God. Okay, if you're taking note, remember, chapter 14, right, the ends, right here, this chapter ends the parenthetical section that began in chapter 10. This section of scripture is a preview of coming attractions seen in form of vision and pronouncement. So that's exactly what he's doing. We begin here with God's last plan to save his people as he sends this angel flying through the air, preaching the everlasting gospel. Can you imagine? And here we have a good description of the nature of the gospel. You go, how so? Jot this down. Number one, it's eternal in significance. That's the gospel. It's eternal. You go, okay, what else? And number two, it's universal in scope. Okay, so number one, it's eternal in significance. This is the nature of the gospel, and it's what? And it's universal in scope. Well, okay, well, let's break it down. How is it eternal in significance? Well, here's the thing. The everlasting gospel, guys, it lasts forever. You go, what do you mean? Well, there's only one everlasting gospel. It's the everlasting 
good news. But let me share this, okay? Sometimes we simply think, help me out here, guys. We simply think that the gospel means, okay, well, I prayed a prayer. That's the gospel. Jesus Christ died for your sin. But do you realize the gospel encompasses every bit of your life? Every decision you make is made through the gospel, through the good news, how you behave, how you believe. It's the gospel. It's the gospel. And it's so important, guys, that we start bringing people to church so they can hear the everlasting gospel. Because it's important that people come because you don't have to believe to belong, but you get here long enough and then you're going to go, I believe. And I know that even after I believed, there were still some mess-ups. And you know what I say to that? There are times you don't have to behave to belong. But God will bring you. And he'll share their everlasting gospel. Here it is, guys. It's the good news. It's the good news. Guys, it's the only message of good news given to the world. It's the only message that brings salvation to mankind. And you go, well, how's that? Yeah, because it's the good news concerning Jesus Christ. More and more, I'm convinced of the amazing Son of God. Jesus Christ. I really am. More and more, I'm convinced of how amazing my Savior is. I told the church that I preached it on Sunday, and I've told you guys a thousand times, listen, we know that the world is falling apart. Can I get an amen? It it really is. But I don't want to go to heaven because the world's falling apart and I can't take it anymore. I don't want to go. I want to go to heaven because I am super madly in love with Jesus. Just, I just can't wait to be with him. There's a lot of people who, who uh, want to go to heaven because, oh, they want that wonderful reunion. I want to see somebody who's gone before me. I want to see my mother. I want to see my father. I want to see my sister. I want to see my aunt. That's wonderful. There's going to be a glorious reunion of all the saints that have gone before us. But you know what I want? Heaven isn't heaven unless Jesus is there. You see, guys, the whole point is for you and I to purposely love Jesus and fall in love with him more and more each day. That's what, he, that's what this is all about. You see, it's the good news, guys, of Jesus Christ. And God's word declares there is only one name given under heaven where man might be saved. Saved. Guys, it's the only message that brings hope to mankind because it offers a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. But it's also, it's also eternal insignificance. Why? Well, we know it's eternal insignificance, but it's also universal in scope. Why? Because the Bible just declared to us, Mel, that it's preached to every nation, every tribe, every tongue, and every people. He's not looking, going, oh, I don't like these people, or I'm not doing... He says, this is the gospel. I don't know if that does something inside you, but that should do something inside all of us going, you know what? No matter where we are in Lubbock, Texas, we should be preaching the gospel to everyone. 
sharing the good news of what God has done in our lives. Why? Because I believe he can bring hope and I believe he can bring healing to those who are hurting, sick, emotionally broken. I believe he can do that. How come? He's did it for me. He's, 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 I mean, yeah, Pastor Ben, but listen, I'm the skeptic, bro. I've seen and I, I've told people about Jesus and they're still strung out in drugs and I've, I've witnessed to people and they just, they just don't seem to get healed. It's the gospel. If the gospel really saves you, it can change you and it changes you from the inside out. We have to be careful. Why? Mike, there's a lot of uh, false gospels out there. There's a lot of false gospels and a lot of people say, oh, oh, if I could just do this or I could just do that, there's a lot of false gospels. And, 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 and that's not what he's talking about. Because here he says, listen, it's, it's universal. I'm going to preach. It doesn't matter what nation, what tongue, what tribe, what people. I'm going to preach to them. Now think about this, okay? Jot this down. In Matthew 24... Matthew 24 and 14, it says this, And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached until all the world as a witness to all the nations, and then the end will come. Do you guys see that? And then the end will come. See, there are those who say, Guys, no, no, no. The rapture can't happen until we get the gospel out to the whole world or to the whole nation. To every tribe Right, to every tongue, to every people, but it's important to end to, to understand that Jesus said that the gospel would be preached to everyone, every place, and then the end would come. Not the rapture. Okay, then the end would come. What was Jesus talking about? He's talking about the second coming. Okay, not the rapture. And one of the ways that the Lord is going to do this is with this angel. The angel is going to fly through the air, proclaiming his message to the people in the remote parts of the earth and that no one even knows about. He's going to go out there. That's going to be amazing. Now, let me just say this. This is just noteworthy, okay? This is something you just, you file in. You go, what do you mean? Context, the Lord is sending an angel Tribulation time to preach the gospel. Can I get an amen? Amen. Okay, I just want to make sure you're with me. But this is also a good evidence for a pre-tribulation rapture. You go, well, how do you know? The question that comes up is, why is, good, why is God doing what he's never done before, using angels to spread the gospel? Why would he do that? Well, the answer is simple. The church isn't here. Because he's using us today. This is how the gospel is spread. This is how the gospel is spread. You realize that the salvation message of the gospel is a, is, is like a coin, right? You ever flip a coin? What do we say? Call it heads or tails, right? Whatever it is. Whether it falls on heads or tails makes no difference because it's still the same coin. And so what the, what the salvation coin is, guys, to you and I, is very much we're saved to go to heaven. That's one side of the coin, but we're also down on earth to share and love on people. That's how we behave. 
We're saved to go to heaven. That's one side. That's heads. I'm saved. I'm going to heaven. But the other side is how do we behave on earth? Are we sharing the gospel? Are we living our lives? Does our walk match our talk? Do we say one thing and live like another? Because what you're going to see, and I'm going to get preachy, I'm sorry. What you're going to see right now, guys, is what we call um, practical, or, or, or we just call them ah, practical atheists, I guess. You go, what do you mean? They're going to proclaim one thing. They're going to proclaim it, but they're going to live like God doesn't exist. And we're going to see that become more rampant and more rampant. Well, yeah, I'm a Christian. Yeah, I go, to, I go to church. This is my church. That's the church I go to. Going to church doesn't make you a Christian. What makes you a Christian is if you put your faith and trust in Jesus and you follow him with all of your heart. It's amazing. So we see it's an everlasting gospel. It's universal in scope, but it's also worth noting, guys, um, the message that's involved. You go, what's that? He gives us a good description. How so? Ready? The gospel involves, jot this down, conviction. Conviction. Why is that important? Well, notice it says in verse 7, saying with a loud voice, he says, quote, fear God and give glory to him. For the hour of his judgment has come and worship him who made heaven and earth, the sea, the springs of the water. So what's the point? Here's the conviction. He says, fear God. Fear God. Proverbs 9 and 10 says this, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. Okay, put your thinking caps on, guys, right now. At this time in world history, there's going to be so much fear on the earth that all values will be distorted. Am I talking to somebody? Why? Because we're seeing a preview even now. Even now. If I could cause fear, then guess what? Your values become distorted. Well, think about that time. Multiply what, we, what we've been through in these last two years. Multiply that times 100. As we see. Guys, there's going to be so much fear that all the values are distorted, all perspectives of just, well, I don't know what's the truth. See, the gospel puts priorities straight. What does he say? Fear God. Fear God. When he talks about fear, what's he talking about? Speaking a deep reverence and respect. That's what he's saying. He's saying, make sure we have, we got to be so careful because although God is beautiful and he's merciful and he's loving and, and, and he connects with me in such an amazing way, I still need to honor him and respect him for who he is. He's God. I want to be careful not to say, hey, the man upstairs. Hey, hey, let's, let's go talk to the man upstairs. What, you're renting a room up there? What are you talking about the man up? He's God. He's God. Listen, one of the marks, one of the marks of an unregenerate man is a, and you go, what's an unregenerate man? It's a person who hasn't committed their life to Christ, is they refuse to give God glory. They give glory to everything else, but one true mark of a person who has been born again is they give glory to God. They give glory to God. 
How are you such a wonderful employee? Praise God. How are you such an amazing husband? I give glory to God. How are you such, what, such a great musician? I give glory to God. The unregenerate man says, it's all me. Are you kidding? All glory to me. And again, what's he saying, guys? Give glory to God. But you go, I'm not sure what that means. Well, Webster defines glory as this. Magnificent, excellence, greatness, majestic beauty, and splendor. Acknowledging that he, that all is about him. Hey, Pastor Soth, that was an awesome message. Well, thank you. You know, I don't know if God could do this uh, Christianity thing without me. That's an unregenerate man. But somebody says, hey, Pastor Soth, that was a great message. Praise God. You know, I, I'm, I'm glad that God ministered to you because I just didn't feel like, man, I delivered it well. Or, ah, hey, 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 the worship was amazing. Oh, praise God. Do you think all of it, guys? All of it. Giving glory. Now, we have to be careful. We have to be careful. And I'll tell you why. Because we've, 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 adop- we've adopted that term. You know what? Oh, praise God. How you doing? Praise God. We just, I mean, it's just kind of like, amen. It's like, hey, but I mean, we just sort of say it, but do we really mean it? I mean, you know that, right? You go to the grocery store in Lubbock, Texas. Love Lubbock, Texas. You go to the grocery store and you'll, nine times out of ten, have a blessed day. Have a blessed day. That's what they tell you. Have a, I think they just say that, like, okay. But when you and I say, praise God, it should be that man. I couldn't do what I do without God. I couldn't function without God. The blessings that you've given me, I couldn't do without God. These kids here, man, you're getting ready to play ball in high school again. It's all God. The talent they, you have is God. Hey, Amen. Great game. Praise God. And, and, and we don't do it, guys, as, as athletes. It's just like, well, I'm on the camera. Praise the Lord. I just want to give God. But we sincerely mean it. Oh, man. Yeah. Praise God. Praise God. Give glory to God. It also involves consecration, does it not? Because it says we need to worship him. Worship him. Worship him who made heaven and earth the sea and the springs of the water. Guys, this is the next practical step after conversion, okay? Because because after conviction and conversion, where do we go? We go We go to consecration, don't we? Because you should have a desire to worship him. You should have a desire in our lives to be to be poured out as an offering him. That's 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 the whole point, see? Guys, listen, listen, listen. Oh, this is going to get good. I'm going to step on some toes. But really, our worship shouldn't be about how great the music is. Well, I went to that church because the music was amazing. That's not worship. Worship is every part of your life. Did you know that worship is prayer? Talking to God, it's part of worship. Yes. It's every part of it. And that's the whole point, guys. As we become born again, we have that conviction and we go, God, come into my heart, save me. A desire to worship him should be birthed out of that.
a desire to worship him. What does worship mean? Giving him all of our affection. Sometimes, church, listen to me, sometimes in the business world, in just a regular world, we feel like we have to be politically correct that we don't give God worship. I'm just going to... Just gonna play lemonade. No, this is who I am. Well, that's easy for you, dude. You're the pastor. But just in everyday life. So let me ask you a question. Do you believe in prayer? Do you, do you really believe in prayer? Do you believe that God hears our prayers? Then we should be the bunch of, we should be praying with everybody. Hey, you got a minute? Let me just pray for you, bro. Hey, do you mind if I pray with you? Do you mind if I just pray for you, God? And, and don't pray to, to impress them. Don't pray to impress them. Pray like if you're talking to God. God, I need you. My friend is hurting. God, please. This, we, <laughs> let, let's make sure that we can take five minutes out of our day to make sure that we're, we're, we're on track with God to pray. To pray for people, to be sensitive to that. Guys, that's, this is how he's going to, he's, he, here's the thing, guys. I want our church to impact Lubbock, their lives. I want you guys to be out there and be like, hey, let me just give me two seconds. Let me just pray for you. Come on, help me somebody, because I know this happens to me. We're so busy moving that we'll go through the line, and the checker's having a bad day, we're having a bad day. Look, will you just ring me up so I can get out of here? I've got a hundred things to do. And you don't realize that God was knocking on your door to to minister to this. But we just don't. I do. I go through it, man. And it bugs me, because the Lord goes, hey, hey, Ben, that, that checker there, their mom just died yesterday. And their boss made him work. And you seem really rude. Lord, help me to be sensitive through your spirit. Help me to be sensitive to go, hey, can I just pray for you? You okay? You okay? Uh, Yeah, I'm okay. My mom died yesterday. Oh, dude, I'm so sorry. You you get a break here? Yeah, I get a break in... Man, I just, I'd love to just stick around and just pray for you, man. I know that's tough. Because every one of us have lost somebody, haven't we? You see, those little things, guys, is what's going to make the difference in people's lives. It's going to separate us from, from just being a, a, another church to impacting Lubbock. Those little things we do, being sensitive to the Spirit being sensitive to the Spirit. So the first angel goes through. He's proclaiming salvation. Wow, can you imagine? I mean, he is, I mean, this is, there's no, well, I misinterpreted what that angel was saying. It's pretty clear. It's pretty clear. An angel proclaims the gospel, but now God's going to send another angel. But he's proclaiming a different message. This angel... He's proclaiming doom. You go, how so? This is strike two. You ready? Look at verse eight. And another angel followed saying, Babylon is fallen, is fallen, that great city. 
because she has made all nations drink the wine of her wrath and her fornication. Now, if you don't mind highlighting your Bible, underline this, underline this right now. Just highlight it. Not for any specific reason, but I want to show you something, okay? This jumped out at me today, okay? The angel is going and he's saying, Babylon is fallen, is fallen, that great city, because she's made, what, all the nations to drink the wine of her wrath, of her fornication. Now, to you and I, we're like, Babylon, what is this all about? Well, let's break it down, okay? This is the first mention of Babylon in the book of Revelation, but it won't be the last, Okay, what, is, what are you talking about? Well, again, if you're taking notes, Babylon and Revelation speaks of, now listen to me, political and religious system the Antichrist is going to set up. Okay, so when he talks about Babylon, it's not a city per se, but it's a what? It's the political and religious system. Everybody say system, so you know. Okay. It's called Babylon because it traces its roots back to Nimrod and the Tower of Babel. Now, I don't have time today. We're going to talk about this in chapter 17 and 18. But in chapter 17, we actually see the fall of religious Babylon. And in chapter 18, we'll see the fall of commercial Babylon. Okay, so you go, okay, okay. But here we're given a quick preview and a summary statement of the kingdom of Antichrist is coming down. And you go, why? Well, notice it says, and this is important, underline this. Notice it says that she, this religious system, this political system, Mike, you with me? I want, I want to show you this. I want to see how it's going to jump out at you, how she made the nations drink of the wrath of her fornication. It means this political system, this religious system will deceive and intoxicated the whole world. And you go, wow. And I will just say this and I'll move on. That's happening today. It's being set up. We're being set up. And I'll tell you this, and it it may be the last thing you ever hear from me, but Jesus is coming back soon. I'm telling you. Because this is happening in the midst of the tribulation. But you are not going to have this amazing antichrist, beast, false prophet, political system, religious system, uh, global currency without it being previewed and being set up as you go through. Not going to happen. People will rebel. But if you're, what's the word I'm looking for? Conditioned. Am I talking to anybody? Think about this. Think about this, right? Do we have any hunters in the room? Any, anybody that goes hunting? Probably not. Okay. But you know what? My friend Terry Dean is a hunter. And you know what he does? Check this out. He goes and he puts a deer stand. And what does he do? So he throws corn, Right? He throws corn, and he gets the deer coming out and eating the corn, doesn't he? Until they say, okay, it's time for, for hunting, and he gets in his stand, and he goes, got a deer. Well, why? They were used to the corn, weren't they? He conditioned them all year, and they fell for it. They fell for it. Now, I told Terry, that's not hunting. 
you chase the deer down with a knife and, you know, bare feet or something, that's hunting, okay, running and trying to catch them. But you, you've condemned. Okay, I, I digress. I'll go back. That's exactly what the, this is going to, they're going to condition the world slowly but surely. Guys, and I, and I hate it. I love our country. And I, I look at the world and say, God, you're, you're just amazing. But let me say this to you. Evil has reared its ugly head and is not ashamed of it. Evil has reared, it's there. And it's just like, wow. You go, well, Ben, what was the verses again? It says, Babylon has fallen, has fallen, that great city, because she has made the nations to drink of the wrath of her fornication. But here's what I want to do, okay? I want to give you five false assumptions concerning these verses. These are five things that people go, ah. You go, what are they? First of all, we need to remember, this isn't a false assumption, that Christianity is a Western religion, okay? And it's not absolute. It's just a cultural belief. But yet, the Word of God says, the angel has a message, it's the gospel for everyone. You go, what else? A lot of people stop and raise their hand and say, no, 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 the world has evolved. The world has evolved. I mean, this is, this is an ancient book. Yet the angel includes a message telling earth inhabitants to worship God as creator. The angel is in effect saying that, that, that this judge that's about to judge them is also the creator. Let me just give you a preview, okay? Let me see if I can say this. Let me just give you a preview. I, I just feel like it's burning in my heart. In chapter 13, we read of a one-world currency, okay? And the one-world currency, or this mark, says that, that this Antichrist causes, which means you won't have a choice, it causes everyone to either get the mark, and you guys know that it's 666, but it says this, it says this, that you won't be able to buy or sell or do business or go to parties or enter any concerts or do anything like that, basically. It's, you won't be able to do anything, specifically buy groceries, pay your light bill, anything like that, unless you have this mark. You guys, you guys know that, right? In France, in France, the president of France has laid out a type, let me be careful, a type of passport that if you don't have it, you can't buy or sell or go to the grocery store or anything else. Anybody hear that in the news? And France is rebelling. They're saying, no, 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 that's, that's just wrong. How is this going to go down? You guys ready? You ready? Everybody in this room has one of these. Everybody in this room. You guys know what I'm talking about. You don't go anywhere without it. If you walk out the door without this, guys, guess what? You turn around and you go back. We just do. You go, Pastor, what's your point? This is going to be the wave of the future. And I'll tell you why. Because I'm sitting there. I'm sitting on my recliner last night and I'm watching... I'm watching TV, and guess what? Then I see a commercial. And what they're proposing is that everyone gets one of these free. 
as long as you join their network. And then I saw another commercial where, have we got a deal for you? Whether you're a new, com- you new or you got, you're an existing customer or you're a new customer. And the point is, I thought, everybody's going to have a phone. Everybody's going to have a phone. Is that the mark of the beast? Everybody's going to have a phone. What if, this is just my opinion, what if, you couldn't do anything unless you had your phone. You had all of your financial information on your phone. You go, Ben, it won't fit in the phone. No, 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 but see, what if... Then everybody has a phone, right? And I'm going, wow. You go, Ben, why are you telling this us? Are you telling that to scare you? No, I'm not telling you to scare you. I'm just saying, listen, it's really, really close. And the world has not evolved. The, the same scripture that I've read in chapter 13 is coming past like I'm reading the newspaper. And you know what that tells me? His word is true. And if his word is true, he said, I'm going to come back for you. Are you ready? I'm coming back. <laughs> he tells me, I've got a plan for your life. It's going to be glorious. It's going to be amazing. It's, this, is, this is true. This is true. Let me give you another false assumption real quick. The whole, world can't be, the whole world can't be wrong, can it? Well, see, in a democracy, just because the majority rules doesn't mean the majority is right. Those who believe in Jesus will have been raptured before the tribulation and the rest will be seduced into believing the lie. I cannot tell you how many times I feel people going, wow, their own beliefs. Another, another false assumption. Ready to jot this down? A lot of people say, well, hell's not real. Right? Amen. Listen, this is hell. Hell's on earth. No, no, no. Hell is real, and it's forever. A lot of people will come back and go, no, 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 here's the thing. Number five, he says, blessed are the living and cursed are the dead. See, the world considers the living to be blessed. The Bible says the dead are blessed. The word blessed here means, oh, how happy to be envied, feeling that inner satisfaction of bliss. Now, if you're an unbeliever, death is indeed a curse. But if you're a believer, death is a blessing. Moving on to verse 9, we see the third preview, the third warning. This is, we're, we're already in strike two, right? Strike one, strike. Here's the third, verse, verse 9 through 11. Then a third angel followed them, saying with a loud voice, If anyone worships the beast in his image, notice what he says, and receives the mark on his forehead or on his hand, he himself shall also drink the wine of the wrath of God, which is poured out in full strength to the cup of his indignation. And he shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels, in the presence of the Lamb. And the smoke of the torment ascends forever and ever, and they have no rest day and night who worship the beast in his image. And whoever receives the mark of his name. Do you see what he just said? This is that third strike. Third strike. Here's the thing. In chapter 13, we saw the Antichrist is going to exert total economic control over the world. No one will be able to buy and sell without the mark of the beast imprinted on either the back of their hand or their forehead. I'm not sure how this works. 
But we see here the words of warning given by this third angel. Here's what he's saying. If you take the mark, it's a fatal choice. The third angel predicts damnation to all those who worship the Antichrist. Those who do experience the wrath of God being poured out in full strength, and they will be tormented forever and ever. Wow, full strength. See, the wine metaphor here is that basically this um, undiluted judgment, full strength. One commentator put it like this, without any mixture of mercy, without hope. You go, well, Ben, what should I do? Listen, if you're watching online or you hear this later on or, or you're, you're going through, do not take the mark. If the church is suddenly gone and you find yourself three and a half years and you find the government of the world is now implementing something that requires you to take the mark, don't take the mark. That's fatal. The word of God just said. You are basically damning yourself to hell. I'm not. I'm not. I'm just trying to live in this world. I'm trying to navigate through. And they said this would bring normal. And I don't understand. Don't take the mark. Well, Ben, what happens if I don't take the mark? You'll probably die. You'll probably die. And blessed be those Wow. You see, I don't know if you guys remember this, but my Jesus, he talked more about hell than he did about heaven. It's a real place. And a lot of pastors are not preaching that. This is not this. Guys, when a pastor gets up out here and talks about repentance and hell, this is not, hey, let's invite everybody to church. He's going to talk about hell. And I'll tell you why. Because, because, because people want pastors to talk about good things and happy things and let's go to a happy place. But this is what the Word of God says. The Bible describes hell as a place of weeping and gnashing of teeth, a place of outer darkness. No wonder the writer of Hebrews says it's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. It's a place of torment that goes on forever and ever. And I know there are people that go, Ben, I don't believe it. I don't believe it. Or they say hell's right here on earth. But listen, let me just say this. Not believing won't make it one degree colder in hell. Or one minute shorter. Now, this is something we don't hear much about today, right? The lack of emphasis on preaching and warning about hell. And we live, guys, we live in an age, we live in a culture where more churches' approach is not to mention sin or not to mention hell. Because we don't want to offend anyone. But that's not, the, that's not God's heart. He sends a special angel to proclaim a special message and to plead with people not to take the mark. He just right here. Why? Because he doesn't want them to end up there. And I guess the, uh, another title of the message could be, Who are you going to believe? You're going to believe the government. You're going to believe this one world order. You're going to believe this. You're going to believe this one world system. Or you're going to believe an angel that's flying, going, "Don't take the mark. 
don't take the mark. Give your life to Jesus. Give your life to Jesus. Now, think about this, guys. Think about this. God's going to great lengths so that people don't go to hell. Now, in the midst of a tribulation, it's going to be hell on earth, okay? But it's so easy now to accept the Lord. It's so easy now to live for him. Some of the persecutions we get, oh, our, our bro doesn't like us anymore because we, we go to church on Wednesday night. Oh, our friends don't want to hang out with us because they think we're holy roller. Well, that's, that's minimal compared to what's going to happen. Hey, man, why do you go to church on Wednesday night? Because I love Jesus. I love Jesus. I, I love hearing his word. I love fellowship. Man, this is cool. Well, why do you go on Sundays too, man? Like, why do you serve? I love Jesus, man. This, are you kidding me? There's nothing wrong with that. In a world that doesn't love Jesus, we love Jesus. God the Father has, has, has shown great mercy on us. And it's so amazing. Let's finish up in verse 12 and 13. He says, here is the patience of the saints. Here are those who keep the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus. He says, then I heard a, loud, then I heard a voice from heaven saying to me, right, Blessed are the dead who die in the Lord from now on. Yes, says the Spirit, may they rest from their labors and from the, and their works follow them. Again, note the contrast between those following the beast and those who will die in the Lord. Okay? The followers of the beast, what did he say early on? He's going to be tormented forever and ever. But he said, those who follow the Lord are going to have eternal rest. Eternal rest. And now we see a celebration. What do you mean? The Holy Spirit rejoices for believers because in death of all their tears and torments are over. They'll rest forever. And the word here for rest actually means rejuvenation. Rejuvenation. Now, as we close our Bible study, and I think Becky's going to go out and get things ready, but as we close, I want to close with this quote. Okay, He says, the quote goes like this. I'll make you suffer, screams the beast. You'll make us saints, replies the overcomers. I'll persecute you to the grave, roars the beast. You'll promote us to glory, replies the overcomers. I'll blast you, snarls, says the beast. I'll bless you, replies the overcomers. Now, here's what we're going to do, okay? What can we take away from tonight's study? What can we really grasp? Number one, if you're a believer, you won't have to experience any of this. That's good news. If you put your faith and trust in God. What else can we take away from this, Sarah? Be praying for those who don't know him. Be praying for them. When it comes to hell... When it comes to hell, we should never damn anyone to hell or sell them, you go to hell. It's not a good place. And really, at the end of the day, there have been some leaders in, in, in our current administration that are really awful, but I would never damn them to hell.
Hell is a very real place. And I would pray that they would repent and come to know Jesus. You go, Ben, they're not going to. Okay. But that's not my call because my Jesus died on the cross for everyone. It's just that many have, have, have not seen the goodness of God and they've chose to walk in the days of evil. What else should I do? Really? Last but not least, guys, share your faith. Share your faith. Tell others of the wonderful love and forgiveness that we have in Christ. Share it. You won't believe this. If you tell people about Jesus, they say, well, what church do you go to? Does that matter? What matters is that I love Jesus and he can, well, I want to go with you. That's cool. That's cool. Come. But it's important that they know Jesus first. Why? Because church can't save you. Only Jesus can. Amen? All right. So when we go out there after this, make sure you say happy birthday to Nathy. Give her a big high five or snuckle or a hug if she lets you. Father, we thank you today for your word and the truth in your word. We thank you, God. And and Lord, I know it's not fun to preach, but it is your word. And blessed be your name. Thank you. Lord, bless our time, Lord as we worship you in Jesus' name. Amen. We hope you enjoyed today's message. We'd love to hear from you and see you in person at the church. You can find our contact information, location, and even give a donation at calvarychapellubbock.church. We'll see you next time on the podcast. Until then, may God bless you and your family.